Percy, isn't it frustrating when we're not treated like the individual that we are? It is frustrating. And, you know, with that being said, uh, it can be disconcerting as well. And this is why when one is addressing a cancer diagnosis and not honoring uh, or being honored as an individual, uh, this can be very deflating and counterintuitive for their healing process. I think we need to hear from someone who will give us greater insight to the power of being treated as an individual today. So perhaps we should have a discussion about that. All right. We'll do that through our guest as you stay with us now. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. You're listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with our host, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Great to be with you all again, and thank you for subscribing to this podcast and faithfully listening. Percy, we don't take that for granted. We do not. As a matter of fact, we take it as a privilege and a pleasure. And so we want you to know that we appreciate who you are and the fact that you take time to listen to these shows. We're going to talk today about how important it is in a medical situation, especially to be treated as the individuals that we are is super important, don't you think? It is very important because at the end of the day, people do not want to feel disconnected from those that are serving them or for the service that they're receiving and the environment that they're in. And so today, we're going to really understand the power of, again, individuality and being treated as an individual within the healthcare system. Yeah, our guest will say why it mattered to her in her recovery of cancer that she was treated as an individual. So stay tuned for that conversation. And I think you can anticipate what our question is going to be to our listeners this week. Mm -hmm. But let's go ahead and fire it up, Percy. And that is this. Does it matter to you? Does it matter to you if you are treated as an individual in the healthcare system? And if so, why does it yeah, matter to elaborate you? Elaborate on your answer, sure. You can answer the question Percy just posed when you go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's very simple. Uh, it only takes a few moments, but it would be so helpful to gather some, uh, from, some input from you, our listeners, on this question. Does it matter to you if you are treated as an individual in the healthcare system? And most importantly, why? Mm. Answer at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Okay, take us to Scripture, and then we'll meet our guests in a moment. So our nugget for today, our spiritual nugget is found in Isaiah 41, verse 13. And it's a very short verse of scripture, but very profound. And it says this, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And again, I want to create a picture in your head, almost like a little kid that's lost at the grocery store in the <laughs> mall and you feel bewildered and you feel overcome. And then mom or dad comes and grabs your hand and says, I got you. Don't worry. Everything is okay. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. And you're going to hear this sentiment expressed by the person that we're going to talk to here in just a minute. And we'll get started with that interview after I remind you that with locations in Atlanta and Chicago and Phoenix, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrative approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage some 
side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. Or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, hey, 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 welcome to another edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And this is yours truly, Reverend Percy McCray, with another compelling conversation. And I know I say that every week, but I really mean it because I believe that every cancer patient uh, has something to say and they have something compelling uh, to offer to us, and that is certainly going to be the case today with uh, the guest I have for you. She is uh, uh, a cervical cancer patient. She was originally diagnosed in April 2016, uh, and she had stage 2 cervical cancer. She treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. She received radiation and chemotherapy, and she's going to talk a little bit about uh, how she uh, came to that decision uh, based upon uh, a couple of things. And then, of course, uh, she is now being listed as uh, someone that has no evidence of disease. She is no longer under active treatment. And so we're excited today to bring to you Debbie Baldwin, Deborah Baldwin. Debbie, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing real well this morning, uh, Reverend Piercy, and I'm very thankful to be able to join you on this call. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, and again, as I said in the introduction, uh, we bring compelling conversations of people who are living with and have survived cancer because there's always something that we can learn from your journey and from your experience. And as stated, uh, you uh, were diagnosed with stage 2 cervical cancer back in 2016, and you treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Chicago. Let's talk a little bit about the day initially when you were first told that you had cancer. Where were you, and how did you feel when you heard the word, you have cancer? Well, I was actually, I had gone to a local doctor in my area, and um, she found a tumor and suggested that I have a biopsy. But I looked at her, and I said, it's probably cancer, isn't it? And she said, well, it probably is. And I... uh, you know, it, it's kind of hard to hear that. I did. Yeah, I think I did start to cry, and uh, but then I just thought, well, I'm in the Lord's hands, and uh, we'll just see what needs to be done. You know, and yeah. um, her uh, after the biopsy, she did recommend that I go and have radical surgery. Okay. And so you you hear that news, and again, as all cancer patients, I'm a former cancer patient going on my third year. I remember very explicitly the day that I heard those words said to me, and it's 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 hard to describe to tell people what that feels like, and and what emotions you feel. So you heard that you had a you know you had a moment where you said you cried. I would imagine then at some point then you had to share that information with your family, your loved ones. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, how were you able to uh, share that information with your family, your husband, your children? Let's talk a little bit about that conversation. Well, um, I went home, and I told my husband, 
And then I waited a few days, and I, I called all the kids, my kid, our five kids, and it, I think they really were very shocked, um, very sure. shocked, yeah. because I have, I have always uh, tried to be very healthy in my eating, uh, mm-hmm. I, and I take a lot of supplements. And I kind of remember one of the comments was like, Mom, how, how would somebody like you get cancer? You know, well, cancer can strike anyone. Yeah, um, yeah. But they did later make some statements that, Mom, you probably were in some of the best physical condition for anyone to go through treatment. And I, I have three sons in the medical field, and, um, you know, they, they – uh, when I when we talked about what I would be doing, they all felt like that was the best thing to do, and right. um, you know they I know they were concerned. They were very concerned, but um, again, I did go through my treatment very well, and I you know we'll get into that what what I actually did. But yeah, yeah. So you you tell your family, and again, it's, it's good to have a physician in the family, obviously, because that gives you a level of confidence uh, to be able to share that information with. And, you know, they were stunned, and they, they were shocked, as most people are. Uh, what's interesting to me is, about your story, and we had a chance to talk a little bit before we started recording, is that you had also, you know, you received two opinions. You had a first opinion where you went and, and had a conversation, and, you know, basically you, you were told that you needed to have uh, a surgery. And then, of course, you opted to have a second opinion, which ended up being Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what was told to you when you uh, had your second opinion and, and why was that important to you in making the decision to treat there? Well, I had had a couple of friends that had gone to Cancer Treatment Center in the past, and I, I knew of Cancer Treatment Center. So uh, when the doctor here told me, recommended the surgery, I, I said, to her that, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to contact Cancer Treatment Center. And I made my call, and I would just say right here that those they were so uh, kind and gracious and accommodating mm-hmm. and got back to me so quickly. I mean, I think I called them on a Thursday and Friday. All my paperwork was accomplished, done within those two days. And on Monday morning, they called me back with my appointment schedule. I mean, okay. it's... So uh, just I just can't express how efficient and how well they do things. So um, I went up for a second opinion. And uh, anyone that has gone to Cancer Treatment Center or is thinking about going, you go up for a consultation. Uh, Cancer Treatment Center did a, ver- a series of testing on me, which I found very, I was surprised. But their goal was to see if cancer had spread to any other part of my body. Which back okay. home, you know, that wasn't even mentioned. And after all these tests, we were there for about three or four days. I think it was four days. Um, everything was checked. Uh, the doctor spoke with me, and he recommended uh, surgery. I'm sorry. He recommended radiation and chemotherapy. And I asked him, I said, oh, you're not going to do any surgery? And he said to me, your tumor is too big for surgery. It's about the size of a man's fist. We can't do surgery on, on a tumor like that. Our goal okay. is going to be to shrink and kill your tumor. Okay, got it. And so that was part of your second opinion, and clearly that resonated with you. And, and as you stated, 
you know, it was it was basically different than what you were given as a first opinion. So you start treating at cancer treatment centers, and and you you know you meet wonderful people, uh, and you engage with the staff. But you also had a very serendipitous moment that you told me that I thought was very interesting. That typically doesn't happen to many patients at CTCA, and that was the fact that you uh, you know you were in the building at the same time with a uh, individual that you had the opportunity. Uh, to meet and talk to. Tell the audience a little bit about this meeting and, and who this person was. Well, um, we were. I would see every week, and uh, after I'd finished my radiation one morning, I went over to the atrium, which is a beautiful, like, indoor garden almost, and um, I, I noticed someone, and I recognized him from the photos, and uh, I went up to him and uh, spoke with him, and I was really quite overcome, and uh, I know I started crying, and I just wanted to exp- I expressed to him my gratitude and my thanks for the facility, and he was a very gracious and humble man. He took my hands, and he, he, I think he said something like, you know, well, I, I wish the best for you. I'm glad you're able to be here. But that was uh, very meaningful to me. It, it was the founder, of, the founder and owner of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And so, yeah, and you're right. Uh, many people, do, many patients do not necessarily have that opportunity for various different reasons. Not that uh, he's not willing to be available, but it just typically doesn't happen much that you run into the, <laughs> the owner and the founder of, of the organization and that he was gracious and kind to you. I, and, and as you said, it was, it was a pretty emotional day. I, I can't, I can't imagine uh, how, what that meant for you. And I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to do that. Among, uh, you know, all of your um, activity, one of the things that I wanted to also uh, mention here at this particular time is the fact that both you and your husband at the time where you were receiving your treatment uh, were also traveling back and forth from home via motorcycle. Let's talk about a little bit about the ministry that you and your husband engaged in and some of the things that you were helping him do while you were still receiving treatment and riding your motorcycle. Let's talk about it. Okay. Well, we um, we had a motorcycle ministry that had started about, uh, well, this was in 2016 when I was treating, but about four to five years earlier. And um, we had a Sunday morning service, and it was mostly bikers that attended. And we provided a breakfast, a, a very, quite a nice buffet breakfast every Sunday morning. Okay. So um, as I started my treatment, and I started treating late uh, May, and about two and a half months of treatment, we and I that in that necessitated uh, radiation every day. So we would leave church on Sunday and drive up to Zion, and then I would have my treatment all week, and then on Fridays after the treatment we would come on back home to get ready for Sunday services. But because I had so, I really had no side effects from my treatment, mm-hmm. we um, actually brought the motorcycle up. I followed him uh, one Sunday afternoon. On, I drove the vehicle, and he went up on the motorcycle, and we kept it parked there at the motel where we were staying. And okay. after my treatments in the morning, we would go out in the con- ride out in the country. We went over to Wisconsin, which is right there near Zion, and just mm-hmm. to have very nice, uh, relaxing drives out into the country. 
the really the only side effect that I had from those weeks of treatment was at toward the end of the day, 5, 6 p.m., I was very tired. I was tired. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just, um, I believe because of the way our, the treatment is provided to each individual based on what their body needs, mm-hmm. it lessens the effects of side effects. Um, okay. And that's what's so special about Cancer Treatment Center. You're, you're viewed as an individual and your treatment is individualized for you and what yeah. they need to do for you to help overcome your cancer. And and you're right. It's called, uh, you know, personalized medicine, you know, uh, making sure that, again, uh, that every patient is treated uniquely and individually. And I'm so happy to hear that you had a very favorable experience and that your treatment care plan, you were still able to kind of get out and, and enjoy yourself, ride your motorcycle. And what a great privilege uh, and ministry to have, a, a, you know, to be part of, a, a motorcycle ministry. I'm sure that that was just those are great and fun days, and, and I'm sure that you have wonderful stories about that. But in addition to, uh, you know, at that time the motorcycle ministry that you guys were engaged in, and while you were still receiving treatment, you now also are part of a group from Cancer Treatment Centers of America called Cancer Fighters. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what you do with Cancer Fighters. And, and and why you agreed to become a cancer fighter. Okay, well, after after about the two and a half months of treatment, um, it was the end of July, my doctor looked at the report, and there was no evidence of any mass. The tumor was gone. So, of Yay. course, we were so thankful, just so thankful to the Lord. And I had had prayers all across the country uh, being prayed for me, so I just mm-hmm. can never thank the Lord enough for healing me and, and providing the care that I received through my doctors at CTCA. So yeah. about uh, two or three years later, Cancer Fighters contacted us and um, provided some training for us to go into a program called CareNet. And with CareNet, um, I'm on a list that they, are, they give my name to prospective patients that call Cancer Treatment Center of seeking mm-hmm. another opinion. And um, I have probably spoken to over 100 people, uh, oh. ladies, ladies with similar cancer, um, mm-hmm. and they, they are free to ask me. I, you know, I, I give them a call. I, I explain that, I'm, that I was given their name and number from Cancer Treatment Center, and uh, I have, that's been a blessing because so many of these ladies have just thanked me, you know, so much for calling them and encouraging them and answering any questions they might have. So yeah. I, I've been very, I feel very honored that I was asked to be part of that program, that I can help someone else. Well, that's awesome because, again, as we know, when people are first told that they have cancer, they're, they're afraid. They may not know who to reach out to, and they may not know who to talk to or ask questions from. And who better than someone who has their type of cancer that is willing to reach out to them or be contacted to kind of help them step through that? And so I, 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 I let me say thank you for being willing to do that because you're just passing it forward as you continue to support those that come behind you. And uh, that's a great thing. That's a great thing to do. Having said all of that, yeah, having said all of that today, 
Um, you are mentally, emotionally, and physically doing well. Um, I would simply say and ask this question, you know, how did cancer change your life? How did cancer change you in any way? Well, it it does make you realize that our life is just a vapor here on earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember praying to the Lord that it's whatever his will was, but that I would like to live for my family if that would be his uh-huh. will. But I also I also remember thinking, but if it's not, I I accept this, you know. And there's one scripture that I came across when I was reading during my time there. It's kind of an unusual scripture, but it's in Deuteronomy 33:12 and um it says, I'm reading it out of a let's see, the NIV. Let okay. the beloved of let let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him. For he shields him all day long, and the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. And mm-hmm. I would envision myself being held by the Lord with his arms around me. Wow. And that just gave me a lot of comfort. And again, I just, I had to pray, your will be done, Lord. But I am so thankful that he did see fit to uh, heal me. Uh, the tumor is gone. There's been no reoccurrence. I'm not treating for any illness, nothing. Hey, amen. And I, you know, that has to be our hope that whatever his will is for my life, uh, that's what I have to accept. And I will accept. Well, thank you, my dear, for, for being willing to share your story. And thank you for deciding to choose to stay around on the planet and continue to give your measure. Uh, we love you. We thank God for you. And we're praying for you here at Health, Open Inspiration at the best is still yet to come. Today, you have heard from Deborah Baldwin, who was a stage 2 cervical cancer patient diagnosed in April 2016, uh, treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Chicago, and today she is alive and well, and she is declaring that the Lord uh, allowed her to lay her head in between his shoulders and rest in him, and today she gets to tell her story. Be encouraged, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Take care. God bless. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Reverend Percy, and the Lord bless you and your ministry. And we'll talk more with Percy McRae here in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America with City of Hope or contact a member of their team with questions you may have. The number is 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE or 4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. You can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, I'm so thankful for the guests that you bring to us each day. Deborah certainly was very helpful in her perspective. Uh, There at the end, she talked about life being a vapor, but uh, her hands are in in God's hands. Well, she she understands, and and I have this conversation almost weekly with people. Uh, We need to put this in proper context. Uh, Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. Right. 
And at the time of this recording, of course, you know, on the heels of some national tragedies oh that have goodness. taken place, right. uh, you know, in shootings and schools and et cetera, et cetera, we all need to be reminded that our life could be easily snuffed out, you know, for whatever reason. And so the scripture tells us that our life is like a vapor. So she understands the, the fragility of life and how life can be easily taken away. And as a result of that, it helps to give keep her very grounded in the fact that God is helping her. God is encouraging her. God is with her. And I would also add, it would remind us that we need to make every day count. If yes. life is fragile and quick, Wayne, yep. we should not take it for granted. We need to make every moment, every second, and every hour count. Unfortunately, not everyone has this advantage, but her family was very important to her. Yeah, her husband uh, in particular and, and her children. You know, she had a couple of sons that she said was in the medical field, which obviously helped her to work through some of the, the jargon and, and, you know, all that comes when you're when you're thrust into uh, the medical environment. I often tell people that uh, most people are, you know, there's no dress rehearsal to go sit down and have a conversation with your doctor about cancer. Yet in many cases, you don't know anything about the subject. It's kind of foreign to you. And then you're thrust with all of this information and knowledge. Well, how helpful is it to have, you know, two sons that's in the medical field that helped her work through that? Sure. And then her husband, who also was a huge encourager for her. And uh, as a matter of fact, when we were doing the recording, he was sitting right by her side as right? she was... Oh, absolutely. So again, she she relied heavily upon uh, her tribe, her community, if you will, her village. Everybody you talk to has their own story, of course, and hers included that uh, that motorcycle club that that factored into her story as well. Yeah, her and her husband at the time of her treatment, I thought this was pretty amazing. And I've had the privilege and opportunity, and I know you're a guy that likes to get out on the road and got to <laughs> get out in, in, in nature. Uh, I've had the opportunity and privilege of meeting uh, of a couple of people who were pastors or ministers of like a, a, a Christian motorcycle group. And, and they're really a unique group of people. And, you know, when you get to know them and understand them, sometimes you, it may be hard to associate motorcycle club and ministry and God, <laughs> but they're very passionate and oh, they're I very, yeah. and they're awesome. They really are. Well, her and her husband, you know, oversaw that. And she talked about how she would prepare uh, these big breakfasts, but she talked about when they would come for treatment that they would bring the, you know, the motorcycle with them because they were from another city and state. And while they were going through their treatment, they would ride their motorcycle around in the local area while receiving treatment. So it was another form of therapy for them and a way by which they could minister and, and support people. But I thought it was a very unique and interesting story and backstory yeah, for sure. It doesn't have to include a motorcycle, but we've talked many times about the fact that, the, you know, the, everybody has their own story. Everybody has a community around them. And this needs to be a community uh, thing that people rally around each other. Oh, for sure. Yeah, again, cancer is not an individual sport. I'll continue to say it until the cows come home. This is a team sport because this is a team disease and a community disease. People uh, that are connected to people who have cancer are impacted by that and can be a huge source of help and, and strength of, uh, for individuals. And so today, yeah, we want to continue to remind people, be a good community member, friend, or tribe when someone in your purview has cancer and surround them with love and support. And they found that through this, this company and environment of uh, fellow motorcycle riders and this ministry that they help to oversee. All right, I'm going to ask a question of you that I've never asked before. This is kind of an inside baseball kind of thing. Okay. But I just want to know, when you approach people and say, hey, would you come and tell me your story? Tell me the story of your cancer journey. 
Uh, do you ever have people say, no, I won't do that? You know, it's interesting. I've only had one person that I can recall, and she's really close to me, and it's only because she's extremely shy, uh-huh. uh, that she did she did not feel comfortable getting behind the microphone because she didn't feel like she would be a good— And, and I understand that, of course. Yeah, but by and large, here's what's amazing, Wayne. I think that—and what my experience has been is that many people actually are shocked that someone would ask them to share their cancer story. Hmm. And so— you have to help them kind of work through uh, the, you know, what the motivation is, and then they they see that oh, you know, I can possibly help someone. Then they get extremely enthusiastic right. and encouraged. Yeah. There's power in these stories, person. Oh, they and they they really are. And how many of them have we done at this point? I think this is like show number three hundred and twenty six or whatever. <laughs> is that you know the the the, the storyline never gets dull or old or or repetitive because everybody's cancer journey is unique to them and has unique nuances to mm-hmm. it. So, uh, and that's the beauty of being able to to create a platform where those stories can be told. And so, yeah, by and large, most people are extremely excited and, and they feel privileged that someone would even stop to ask them to share their story. So I, I, I always am... Uh, Amazed at people shock and dismay at the fact that you want to hear my little cancer story. I'm like, well, your little cancer story is is a lot bigger than you think it is. And so it's just a matter of creating an audience for it. And we've done that, obviously. Plus, how can they say no to Pastor P? Well, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just going to love up on you, man. I'm going to give you some energy and some juice. And you're going to be like, I just want to sit down and talk with this guy. So, yeah, it works out pretty good. (laughs) We have a free resource that we'd love to put into your hands. And we can do that easily through our website right now. All you need to go, all you need to do is go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Look for emotional needs of cancer patients. Uh, maybe you are not a cancer uh, victim yourself, but you uh, know someone in your family or you want to be able to help other people. Well, here's a great uh, resource for you, Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients, to help us all understand and relate better. It's free at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Do you want to say a word about that? And then we'll pose our question again, Percy. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, uh, when we talk about this in this particular uh, resource, It's all about understanding that there are emotional dynamics, obviously, that happens to people who have cancer. But the question is, we many of us have not stopped to understand what those needs are and or how to react or respond to them. So we put this resource together to address that so that when you come in contact with someone with with cancer and you begin to recognize some of the emotional needs that they have, that you can respond accordingly that will help them unpack and work through some of those emotional dynamics and not feel like you're like a deer caught in the headlights of what do I do and what do I say. So, of course, this uh, document is not comprehensive, but it does give you a starting point to be able to react, recognize and understand that there are certainly uh, emotional needs that cancer patients need uh, to be addressed and how you can be willing and available to help them work through that accordingly. So that's the document. That's that's what's behind it. And uh, it'll really bless your life when you begin to understand it. Just go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. Now, earlier we posed a question to our listeners. I want to circle back on that. Does it matter to you if you are treated as an individual in the healthcare system 
and why. We really yeah. want to know why it's important to you. That'll be very helpful to us as we read the responses and form perhaps future conversations here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. So use the same website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect, and that'll give you a chance to answer the question, does it matter to you if you are treated as an individual and why? Now, you opened with Isaiah here today, and uh, now that we've learned what we've learned from our guest and from your teaching, I'd love to circle back on that. Yeah, well, with that, the spiritual nugget, uh, and it really dovetails off of a scripture that Deborah read during the interview where she talked about where she was resting in between the the shoulders and the arms of God uh, during her treatment and care. And so, again, just to recapitulate that school of thought with a different scripture, Isaiah 41, verse 13, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand. I want you to envision yourself like a little kid maybe lost out in public somewhere and you feel overwhelmed and and our big god our big dad comes along and he takes our right hand <laughs> who takes hold of your right hand and says to you i love this do not fear i will help you and Beautiful. so today we speak life into you and encouragement to you and you are not alone because your god reigns and he's holding you in his right hand beautiful isn't it Thank the Lord for his word. And thank you, Percy, for bringing us this conversation and interview here today, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I guess you and I will do this all over again next time. We will with joy and appreciation. But until the next time, remember, we've got work to do, folks. So keep chopping the wood. Thank you all for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.